T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Featuring the Billboard's finest, Monte Hill. Uh, the pride of the Excelsior, Joe Butcher Boy Shasky. You're listening to 95 7 the game, the morning roast. Junior welterweight, junior welterweight. We're talking to Baldy. We're talking about boxing. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. We got Baldy live in studio. That's right. The man, the myth, the legend who joins us every single Tuesday at 7.30 a.m. has decided to take his talents inside the new studios here at 95.7 a game. He's calling it game Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. And we love when Baldy is in the building. It's always a great time. Baldy, what is happening, man? Good morning, uh, Bonte. I, I, am I on here? Because I don't hear. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, there you go. All right. There we go. That's a nice. Uh, you guys have moved up to a. Uh, a nice location. Yeah, we actually have air conditioning. You have air conditioning? Yeah. yeah. You got windows. That, that works. You got windows. First time I've worn a sweatshirt in like three years. <laughs> I like it when it's like a meat locker. Yeah. In these yeah. places. Yeah, that's how TV studios are. Give me 63 degrees, 65 yeah. degrees. Yeah. We'll warm up. Well, yeah. now I want to know, what's the, what's the worst locker room you ever played in? Well, I remember there's two. Um... We played a Monday night game in Cleveland one time when I was with the Colts. They played at Cleveland Municipal. Yeah. So it was still, it was early in the season, so the baseball diamond was out there, but you couldn't put even close to the team in, a, in the locker room. So guys are, ch- are changing in the hallways and they're in the shower. Like there's not, a, there's not enough space. And then the best part about playing in Cleveland back then was like Dickerson was our running back. We had a, we had a good team, but we're playing on a Monday night against Cleveland and we got a TV timeout and we're like in the end zone of the dog pound. And I'm like, you know, I've heard about the dog pound, but I didn't know they actually throw dog bones. <laughs> so I'm getting hit. I'm hitting. I'm getting hit for the three minutes during this TV timeout by these dog bones, and I'm laughing because I'm taking my helmet off and I'm eating one of the dog bones. I'm like, this is what you're supposed to do. And then Dickerson just smoked you know, Cleveland for like 88 yards. <laughs> that one, and then RFK. RFK was, um, you know, that 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 whole stadium just shook, and they didn't have enough room either. Like the locker rooms weren't made for, you know, 50 man rosters, so everybody else was leaking out all over the place. What Man. about you? Worst locker room for you? Worst locker room for me? Well, I haven't played in a lot of locker rooms. Uh, watched the high school Eagles locker room before they renovated it. That was a terrible locker room. Oracle Arena. I was say, where the Warriors are? played. No, Keysar's locker room is great. That was old school. The basketball old school. one is so nasty. No, well, it's the same for football. 
It's the same for football. Football Keysar Pavilion and Keysar Stadium. It's iconic. It's iconic. It smells like where was Keysar? I knew the stick, but I I know what Keysar is. It's in Golden Gate Park. It's basically in Golden Gate Park. Oh, really? Yeah. So they did they demolish it when it finished? They they renovated it when the Niners were done, and then they they put a track around it, and then all the high school teams, you know, like the Turkey Bowl game is played there every single year. Sacred Heart uses it as their home. I got you. Okay. So the locker rooms, the basketball locker rooms, and football locker rooms, they both use it. Yeah. So it's like these. Little cubicles, <laughs> and but it, it's you can see you can peek through. I remember playing in Turkey Day, right? We won a city championship. Yeah, it's our rival Galileo. Now I wasn't a baller, t- ball day. I was an undersized or step too slow wide receiver and a skinny ass outside linebacker. But we could peek through the doors to see the other team. Yeah, and we'd be looking at the other team, getting dressed like, oh look, at, there goes so and so right there. There's, there's Bobby Morris, man. He's wearing number two. Okay, you he's got the high white socks, and then you got this long tunnel going out to the football field, and this is just dirt dim. Dimly that's lit, the coolest part. And it's just dirt, just smoke everywhere. You're walking in, you hear the cleats. And it was great to just walk out that tunnel. Yeah, we yeah. all want to do that, just run out that tunnel. Yeah, like get the, the keys walks. are. The tunnel walks are great. It's tunnel underrated walks. in football. I remember one time we were playing at the LA Coliseum. We're playing the Raiders. So, like, the cheerleaders are changing. Like, you know, they're, they're like warming up. They're in the tunnel. Everything's in the tunnel. So, anyways, in the game, I was the right guard. Our center, who never missed a game in his life, Ray Donaldson, he breaks his leg. Right, uh, like in the second series of the game, so they moved me from guard to center. So I mean, it's no big deal. Like, okay, I was, you know, I, I could play center, so I didn't know I was going to play the rest of the year at center. So, anyways, I got Howie along on my nose, right? So he's the nose tackle in Oakland. So <clears throat> I'm walking up the tunnel, and Howie's in front of me, and Howie he never pulled his socks up because his calves were too freaking big. <laughs> and I go, this is not fair. Like Howie Long's got calves that look like he's a Cro Magnet, right? And I'm, I'm and I'm just like this skinny white dude. Like it's not it's not a fair fight. Like how the hell am I going to block Howie for the next thirty minutes? Best jaw ever in sports, Howie yeah. Long. It hadn't changed. I mean, geez, the, the buzz cut hasn't changed. No, same the cut. buzz cut hasn't. You ever have a buzz cut? No, not like that. <laughs> not like Chris Mullen. I mean, literally, it's it's been the exact same cut for the last. 30 years. It works, though. It, it works for him. It works right. for Howie. Take me, take me into the minds right now of Philadelphia. You are tapped in with Philly. Lane no. Johnson is your boy. Yeah. I got the feeling after seeing Debo Samuel and Trent Williams talking about walk out of the tunnel, they come out the boom box and they're feeling themselves. And I'm watching the Eagle fans. They hate Debo. Mm. I mean, they can't oh, yeah. stand Debo. No. So what? Monday morning. What's it like in Philadelphia for the players, the fans? Well, just it's, it's, it's just like the biggest dose of humility that you can ever give to somebody. Because they want to talk crap and they want to win. And then they want to talk more. But when you get it handed to you, like on a platter, the way the 49ers took them apart, um, you know, there's not much you can say. Like, it's, uh, we'll see you in the playoffs. Like, yep. This is meaningless. We'll see, you, we'll see you again here in Philadelphia. Bring the boombox. Bring the attitude. <laughs> like, we're going to give you a well, dose of Philly. Seth Jordan's talking that talk, Baldy. Yeah. Seth Jordan's like, hey, Blake Johnson owns it. And I, I do want to get to that as Brian Baldinger is presented by a proud partner, Go to State, serving the Bay Area for three generations, building better starts with Go to State. When you succeed, we succeed. Visit go to statelumber.com. It is a football Friday brought to you by First Five California to learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress. Go to firstfivecalifornia.com. Now, Seth Jordan's out there tweeting, said, hey, Bosa, Blake Johnson owned you, bro. See you soon. What was that matchup like? Because I, I remember we talked about it Monday, and I saw early, and I was like, man, Lane is really getting into Nick Bosa. 
So a couple things. One, I saw Lane on Tuesday because I, I work out in his barn, you know. So like I when I was walking out, there. when I was walking, I was doing some yoga. So I, <laughs> so I walk out. Lane's well, Lane's walking in. So I catch up. I, I had some things I had to do, so I couldn't stay that long. So I said, you know, first of all, he was coming off a groin injury, and so he didn't play the week before. And so I just said, you know, how to feel, and you know, it didn't look like he had trouble. He goes, no, that's fine, Baldy. I be honest with you, my shoulders are killing me. I go, what happened? He goes trying to hold Bosa, like from getting to the quarterback, I've never had to work so hard in my life. Like, that's the hardest. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they had, it wasn't like, usually Nick is, you know, he's getting chipped and he's getting, you know, he's getting doubled and they didn't do any of that. They just left Lane out there on the island with Nick. Now, and so, like, like Nick wanted to come inside one time and Lane's got his post arm up and you can see he's just like straining just to keep him from taking another step, you know, to Jalen Hurts. And there was a lot of times where Jalen was, because the coverage was so good, like Jalen was holding the ball back there. So like he just, like he just got a workout of his shoulders that he never had before. But then I, I find out that they were trying to keep Jalen in the pocket, and they weren't necessarily trying the to Niners. stack the court. Yeah, the Niners. Yes, that's the feeling that I got. Uh, there was a play, though, in that one, and he's talking about it, where Nick Bosa spin moves, and then yes. that lane, like, yes, like twists to he try to stop the, him. He, he spin the spin. I've never incredible. seen something like that. So I, I, asked, I asked Lane about that, because yeah. you know, like, that happens like in, um, if you're scrimmaging a team, and you're out there in practice, like you'll get beat inside, and you'll mm -hmm. spin, and you no, know, but it's you know it's practice. Like nobody's getting hit, and so guys have done that. I've seen, but I have never really seen a guy do that in a game against such an elite player right. and spin back in front like that. Like that. Like it just gives you the, the just a, a little glimpse of the athletic ability of Lane Johnson. Now, since we're on the topic of Philadelphia, I do want to play this cut for you, Baldy. Here's right. Nick Bolson the other day in the locker room. Oh, I, yeah, and check I this one this, out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see it on tape, though. And then, obviously, we put the blueprint out there. Hopefully, the Cowboys watch the tape. Um, we made Jalen stay in the pocket and escape outside instead of those B-gaps and uh, paid off. Because uh, Jalen's looking at the rush every play. So, yeah, you just have to be disciplined and, and not give him that quick escape route where he could get to his guys quick. Well, that can't be good. <clears throat> Pardon me. That can be good for their passing game if Jalen is just looking at the rush. If that is true, I don't know how true that is because Jalen's a damn good quarterback. He is. I think he's actually improved. I, I wouldn't agree. I mean, I, I, I think all quarterbacks sometimes uh, will look at the rush. But Jalen's like he's an escape artist. Like that, that's great to hear from Nick that that was their game plan. They executed it really right. well. Um, you know, Jalen's not running nearly as much as he did a year ago. He still ran for a lot of touchdowns so far. But, like, look, it's a good game plan. They won. Right. And, the, 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 the you know, whatever they were doing rush-wise to keep him in there, it worked. You know, I mean, Javon Kinlaw got two sacks. I know. You know, from holding the ball like that. So, um, no, that's that's a good game plan. You, you get a game plan and you go, because I don't really believe all what Nick just said. You know, if he was sitting right there, I'd say, why would you spin inside if you're just trying to keep, you know, uh, Jalen in yeah, the pocket? Because now you know? you're giving up the edge. Yeah, now you're giving up the edge. So, like, you know, and then he tried. He, he beat Lane inside, clean. And if wasn't DeAndre, even Lane said, he goes, he beat me inside bad one time. But DeAndre Swift was right there, and he, he was able to kind of recover. So, if that's the case, like, I've seen Mush Rush, you know, where they, they actually try to execute that to Justin Fields and different guys in this league. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look... They, they they had a great game. They they mixed up their coverages, their man to man coverage on AJ and Devontae for the most part, Javarius and Lenore and Ambry, like it was really sound. Well, you know, I, I just want to have like a philosophical conversation about the Eagles offense because me and him both agree Jalen's really good. Mm -hmm. Like really good. But I feel they 
on offense are like kind of predictable. A, they abandoned the run, right? Which was I, pretty obvious. I thought I can't believe Swift only has six carries. Yeah. He's been very, playing very well for them. Right? They do that. They, that happens in, in since Nick's taken over Sirianni. That has happened in different games, not yeah. just because Brian Johnson's new offense score. They do the same thing with Shane Steichen when he was there. Yeah. Well, and, and so like they, they don't go to the run, and then it just seems like to me they don't do a lot of the intermediate passing um, concepts. And again, this is a byproduct of personnel and playing to the strengths and all that. Like when I watch the Niners attacking the ten to fifteen yard range mm-hmm. is is vital for them to be to be good. Those layered throws. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of crossers, a lot of screens, a lot of slants, a lot of deep shots. Mm-hmm. I don't see that intermediate stuff. Is that and my eyes lying to me? Or are they just not well, going with that? You know, they were playing without a tight end, Dallas Goddard. That's a good like, point. They don't play with Jack. They don't throw the ball to Jack Stoll. And Albert O was in there. Like they, they didn't use them. But with Goddard, like you're going to get a lot of throws. Okay. Like you're talking about the same throws that yep. they hit Kittle on. They hit that mm-hmm. to Dallas Goddard. They they missed him a great deal. And you know they brought in Julio Jones, but Julio's not Julio. You know so. Um, but you know honestly, like the run game, I, I went back and charted it. They had eight first and ten runs. They had eight. They gained a total of twelve yards. Wow. So, like, if you're if you're Nick Sirianni and it's you know you gain a yard on first and ten on second and nine you're not running. Yeah, no, you got to pass. There's some places, Baltimore, Detroit. There's some teams they'll run it on second yep. and nine. Eagles aren't running it on second and nine. Interesting. Eight and for yeah, wow. and, that, and that's and, and four, that was the, four of the yards were Jalen on a scramble. Yep. And, huh. and see, that was the key to me to keep them out of third and short because Tush push is unstoppable. Yeah. Well, I you thought stopped the key, it once. You stopped right. it once. Well, they got two yards. Yeah, what was they that? Two yards. <laughs> he was just like, I'm standing around. Let me just grab right. the scruff of the neck and jerk back. Right. What do you think of Ward plastering A.J. Brown on that play? Uh, I mean, is that all fair in game? Like, yeah. Or was that a cheap shot? No, it's all fair. Okay. It's all fair. Like, you got to, like, you got to bump these guys when you can bump them. Yeah. You know? I mean, A.J.'s had his way with different uh, corners in this league. Like, what he does to Emmanuel Forbes in Washington and different. I mean, he's a beast. You know, he still had a you know he had a decent game, but you know he's not dancing in the end zone. So you know, AJ will like he's 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 a good he's a good player and he's a hell of a competitor. If they meet again, um, they'll. It'll be a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Brian Baldinger live in the studio. He's also on the Odyssey NFL Insider and host of the best football show with Brian Baldinger. Of course, a daily NFL podcast. Uh, Baldy's Breakdowns live in studio from 8 to 10 o'clock. He'll be with us for the rest of the day as we talk some Niner football. We'll talk about the NFL. We won't talk about last night's game. We'll, we'll, we'll flush that one, especially the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. I want to talk about Brock Purdy for what he did. First six plays, minus six yards. You think, boy, is this a repeat of the NFC title game? And then just a quick little third down throw to George Kittle to get things rolling here. And the way he's, like everybody's going to say, dink and duck and this and that. I don't care. He's accurate and he gives his wide receivers a chance to run with the football afterwards. I can't believe Brock Purdy's playing the best football in the entire league at the quarterback position. For the second year in a row. Yeah. He did the same thing last year. So, I mean, he's just a special player. People just have to get past this Mr. Irrelevant, past this seventh round pick. I'd like to know. Like, if you sat down with John Lynch and Kyle and the whole staff, like, who somebody said, in the seventh round, we got a throwaway pick. Let's go quarterback. Some I'd like to know who gets the credit. Since, like, like I remember when Elijah Mitchell was taken in the sixth round two years ago, three years ago. Like, that was Mike McDaniel pick. And I remember there was a battle. In, in there with D'Amico, whoever was there, like for this linebacker. And McDaniel won the bid to get Mitchell because of his speed and size and that combination. Somebody gets the credit for Brock Purdy. And I haven't heard 
yet if anybody is claiming that or if they're giving it to somebody. Well, I want to play this for me. We have Bill Romanowski. Uh, okay. Spadoni, yes. Spadoni, come back here. Bill Romanowski joined us last Friday. Okay. And he knows the Shanahan's tight. He's yeah. talking about the Broncos. Going back to Denver. Uh, what, yeah, what do going you back think to of Denver. Romanowski first? For, uh, first. Romo? Romo? I like Romo. Like, he's, he's something like, else. He's, he's wired differently. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. He is. <laughs> he's wired differently, man. Like, you don't know. Like, I remember this. I was doing games at Fox. <laughs> I was doing games at Fox. <laughs> I had to ask me. I had to uh, ask no, He's, stories, he's not like, lying. <laughs> so we're, we're, I'm doing a game at Fox, and they, they said they were thinking about bringing Romanowski in yeah. as an analyst. Yeah. Could he shadow you? I'm like, yeah, of course. He'd come. So anyways. Um, okay. So he's. So he, 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 like we're, we're doing okay. a game. We're yeah. doing a, the game is in Denver. Is I, I forget who the opponent was. <laughs> so, you know, we got meetings and all this stuff out there. And then, you know, game day, I'm like, you know, I'm in the booth. I give him a pair of headphones and we do the game. And I'm just looking around and like, he's not like, there's no way he could do it. Like, he, there's no way he could just concentrate and just do this. <laughs> Like, he'd lock in like that. Like, I don't know if they ever used him. Maybe they did for a game or two. But he was just, you know, Bill's so wired to, like, literally, because he's too intense. Yes. He's too intense. <laughs> right. Like, you have to, like, laugh a little bit. Yeah. Choke around. He can't be like, you know, he's got to go for the outside leg on that tackle right there in the open field. You can't go to the inside. And, you know, he's just too, too intense. For he, he called, he called, he started the conversation off last week talking about, the team who's the nastiest. <laughs> this is a body bag game. You know, he's talking about the old veteran stadium. Yeah, and this yeah. and, and I used, we used to do like a football hour. a little bit soft. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about yeah. Philly. He felt like they were a little soft. The, thing, to, <laughs> the one thing I always look at, I don't care what player it is, but if I look up their bio or whatever, I always look at how many games they played, mm-hmm. how many games they were hurt, how many years they played. Like, you look at Romanowski, never missed a game. No, he did Never missed a game. That's incredible. Like, it's unreal. Like, his career, like, I don't know what qualifies as a Hall of Fame player or not, but, like, you never miss a game. You play at that level, and you win championships. Like, somebody should be talking about him in that regard. When you talk about who discovered Brock Purdy, a lot of our YouTube audience are saying, Brian Greasy, Brian Greasy, Brian Greasy. But check this out from oh. Bill Romanowski when he ran into Mike Shanahan out this in Denver. Great. This is awesome stuff. We had a uh, Broncos reunion and for the Super Bowl, and I talked to Mike Shanahan about him. And, you know, and I said, Mike, what, what is it about him? He said, Bill, the first practice I laid eyes on him, I saw it in him. Wow. And I, re- I remember walking by him in the hallway. This is when he's a rookie. And he said, he told me this. He said, Bill, uh, I told him, Brock, be ready. I don't know when you're going to get your shot, but be ready because you've got something special. This was a training camp, Romo? Yeah, Mike, Mike told me, Mike told me that he, uh, shared that to Brock Purdy. He said, when you get your chance, it's coming. I don't know when it's going to come. But be ready. And sure enough, uh, you know, he saw it because he saw the way he picked apart the starting defense when he was playing scout team. That's Romo, Baldy. What's your big takeaway there? Um, I I mean, everybody you talk to, they they said, you know, you talk to Debo, you talk to different guys on the team, and they'll tell you that in training camp, like, his head was in the book. Like, he was in the book 
in the playbook literally all day, every day. Like, and he, he didn't seem like you could fool him. You talk to Fred Warner, you talk to these guys that went up against him or played with him in training camp, and they kind of saw it. Now, what you do in training camp and practice and preseason games is one thing. To do it at this level, going to Philadelphia and carve up the Eagles like this, that's another thing. I just remember, I, I did a lot of Big 12 games for almost a decade, and I was... His name's Iowa quite a bit. Matt Campbell came from Toledo, became the head coach there at Iowa State. He recruited Brock out of Arizona. It was a it was a top flight recruit. It was a big deal when Iowa State got right. it. So he didn't start him right away. And they had they had two other guys that they were playing. And I just remember like they were playing Kansas. I just happened to be doing the game. And it was the first time that Brock Purdy got on the field. I think he took over like in the third quarter or something like that. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong with it. It was Kansas. Maybe it was Kansas State. I forget. But like he went in there and you didn't think like, okay, this is going to be <laughs> right. an MVP candidate. You know, you just don't know, you know, but he did start for 47 games. You know, he played a lot of football there and to put Iowa State on the map, those games against Iowa and some, you know, legendary games, beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. He beat Oklahoma. Beat Oklahoma. So, so, but like, Paul, you know, you, you watch this with a fine tooth comb, and there's so many elements that go into like success, right? Yes. The talent around you, the, the coaching, mm-hmm. the scheme. Do you have complimentary defense? Mm-hmm. And th- there's so much that goes into it. But I'm like watching last night, and it's Kenny Pickett's out, and it's Trubisky in. These are two first round picks, mm-hmm. and they can't play. No. Like, it just feels like they can't play. Mac Jones. He went to the playoffs, and now it feels like he can't play. Bailey Zappi's out there. What is it about the quarterback evaluation and the whole process that, for you, we need to change? You'd like to see coaches and teams adjust from because you see it with Bryce Young. He has no talent around him. I don't know if he can succeed, but he was awesome in Alabama. Mm -hmm. like, what is it with quarterback? Why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? And what needs to change in terms of how yeah, we evaluate look, these guys? I, I, it's a great question. And honestly, it's the question that it's, it's, it's the ultimate question for all these teams that are looking for quarterbacks every year. Zach Wilson. Let me just go through the list of guys. Trey, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Went. So I think they're looking at too many physical traits. They're looking at Mitch Trubisky's size, the way that he runs. Um, you know, he only played one year at North Carolina. He got beat out by a quarterback that had that never got drafted, never played in the NFL. And so, you know, I, I think they're looking at the physical traits. They're looking at their their record in college. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes probably had a losing record at Texas Tech. Yep. But, you know, he had to score 50 to beat Oklahoma. He had to score 50 to beat Baylor and TCU in the, back in those days. And so you just look at this ridiculous arm of his and the competitive fire that he had. Now, like, Brock doesn't have that competitive fire. So if you're looking for that, <laughs> you're not going to get that. No, he's monotone. That's fine. He reminds me more of a starting pitcher demeanor. Like, you know, he's just stoic as opposed to the Mahomes type. But like, but so they're looking at, okay, well, is, is he not a leader? You know, they're asking all the wrong questions. Interesting. So they're, they're asking the wrong questions. You're not going to get the right answer if you ask them. And then they're looking at the wrong things. They're looking, they're going to the combine and they're like, oh, look at, uh, or they're going to a pro day and they're like, oh, look at Zach Wilson make this throw. It looks like Mahomes. Yeah. You know, but then I also think, there is a huge advantage if you can be t- say say like Jordan Love, who I think is a really good player. Yeah, yeah. and I think he's just I like ascending. Him. He's yeah. always liked him. But I think there is a huge advantage to just sitting 
and not having to play and not ha- being in the spotlight where you right. have to come in and, and execute some offense like Bryce Young has to do. Every once in a while, C.J. Stroud could come in and he's he could do it. But how? But like right. that's the most recent. Yeah. How could you look at Bryce Young this year and look at C.J. Stroud and say that there was ever any compare? Like how could that even be a comparison yeah. if you watch the two play? But no. but I also look at like the Texans situation like. Tank Dell is a really good wide receiver that I didn't know about. And Nico, Nico Collins, Collins and like they, they have weapons, but CJ. Yeah, is, but but you know, if Tank Dell went to Carolina, would he be? I don't think. I don't yeah. think so. So like the quarterback makes the receivers. But did you think CJ Stroud coming out was going to be infinitely better than Bryce Young? Because Bryce was really good at Alabama. I didn't think he was going to be. I, I didn't. I had no idea who was going to be this good. It's crazy. No idea. Right? Yeah. Like, it, like he struggled maybe a little bit the first week, <clears throat> but not because I remember I, I had to do some breakdown for you know some NFL thing I did, and I, it was okay. Like he he didn't he he wasn't bad, but then he just took off. And Nico Collins has been there for two years. He was your basic Michigan receiver, right? Tall, fast, yep. ran, stayed out on the outside. You know, kind of stayed in his lane, ran go routes. Nobody got him the ball. Like you know, he was a non-factor. Now he's the pure number one. You know, last week he had 190 yards receiving. Like he's a real number one guy, but the quarterback feeds him. Yeah, he elevates him. Yeah, Yeah, he elevates him. Like like Brock Purdy did with the Snyder's offense. Now, you were at training camp. I was in Europe at the start of training camp. Don't ask me why. I was on a European extravaganza, right, for 17 days. So I'm waking up in in Italy, right, reading all the training camp reports while this guy's at practice every day. And I never heard Brock Purdy. Like, that's why I was so shocked. This is what happened. This is what happened. And Sam Lubman was with me, and I believe at the time it was Lankford. Lankford, nice guy, Steven. So it was, oh, here's Trey, Trey. Trey, Jimmy throwing off right. on the JV field, yeah, and yeah. so there's that whole yeah. like mystique. Guys like look like me in in, in yeah. NFL shorts, and then it's Sudfeld, and then here comes Brock for one or two plays because right. you know that third stringer doesn't get anything. And I go, oh, he's a nice little camp arm, yeah, and yeah, you know exactly. right. I can see that he looks good in the drills. I didn't think much of him at all. I was so hyper-focused on Trey and then Sudfeld and then the Jimmy thing, and Brock was such an afterthought. i tell you why I thought Brock was an afterthought. Because, you know, I I, I love college football. His last season, season they played Iowa. He threw four picks. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's quarterback. And I think he got benched in that game. Was the score 10 to 7? It was uh, probably. (laughs) But knowing Iowa, he still had a shot to win. You could turn the ball over seven times and get seven, still win with a late field goal. But I was just thinking, boy, I, yeah, I don't know about this guy. You were all so hyper focused on Trey. I'm just, I'm blown away. It's not even a drive positioning. It's just how easy he's making it. But you know, the other, the other part though, Bonte and Joe, is honestly, you can't evaluate any of these guys until they play. Mm -hmm. You just can't. Like, you can't, like, say, okay, well, against Iowa, through four picks like Kurt Warner could still be stocking shelves in Des Moines yep. if he didn't go to NFL Europe and play in the arena league and do all the stuff yep. that he did and then you know have somebody get hurt in St. Louis and, and he gets that chance like you can't make any evaluations until they play it's like you know you you the only way to become a better left guard is to play left guard you know and the only way to become a better quarterback is to play and yep. you can either prove that you can play or show that you can't play and it, like it, it happened pretty quickly. Like, you know, one half of football against Miami, it became pretty clear that he could play. Yeah, no doubt. He took the league by storm. We're talking about that with the Warriors, these youngsters. We don't know if they could play or not because they're not getting opportunities. Right. Not consistent minutes. And I, I'm with you there. They got to play. All right, more coming up with Baldi. He's live in studio. It's a lot of fun here. He'll be with us until 10 o'clock. We'll open up the phone lines in the 9 o'clock hour. You can ask Baldi anything. 
But don't miss the kickoff show this Sunday with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal live two hours before the start of the game. Join us at the Hilton Santa Clara for delicious food, great drinks, and the best pregame show in the Bay Area. Presented by Habits Law. You've been wronged. Habits Law will fight to make it right. Call 1-800-INJURED or visit HabitsLaw.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Dub Nation, it's Draymond Green. Tip-off is coming later today with the great Tim Roy. And then tune in to the Morning Roast tomorrow morning for the best Warriors back. All right, we're back. We're back with Baldy. 8 to 10. Of course, one segment down, three to go on Five the Morning Roast on a football Friday here on 95.7 The Game. We're going to open up the lines in the 9 o'clock hour, 888-957-9570. You could ask Baldy anything. It doesn't have to be sports-related because a man knows about everything. Well, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but my boy Brendan, a.k.a. Smurge, uh, Fahey, is saying, hey, bro, we need to light one up. Me, you, Bonte, and Baldy. Do you partake? Never. Ever? Ever. In uh, your life? Not once. Mom, no, I never did. What? And then it was funny was I played on this. We had a, a championship basketball team in high school, uh-huh. and like half the team lit themselves up like literally <laughs> before every like Christmas every, every game, every game, almost every practice. So I knew it didn't have any effect. Right, like I knew it was just whatever. Yeah. I mean, whether it was like, it made them concentrate more, it didn't affect their game at all. They're, we had one of the best high school basketball players I've ever seen playing our team, oh. and they smoked every day. And I, I just, like, I wanted to play, you know, sports at the next level. And I'm like, that, that, that's not going to be good for it. Yeah, well, Lars So I never, I never did it. Well, Lars Taylor did some things, yeah. and he still plays. Some guys can do it. Some who guys can do it. It's not for everybody, though. Who was the most out-of-control teammate or guy that you've been around in terms of partying? Oh, man, we had, I remember we had this guy. I was calling him Creature. That was his nickname. I won't mention his name. His name was the Creature. He's our right tackle. And um, he had he had all, every substance abuse issue you can have. Oh, my God. Okay, every one. Whether it's, you know, anabolic steroids. Should be laughing. Like be every, laughing at this. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, every one you could have. They didn't test back, you know, back then. So, like, this guy, so uh, we're playing a game in Cleveland, and he doesn't make the trip. Nobody knows where he's at. 
No, nobody on the team knows he's going to show up. What he do? Like he went out and went on a bender. Never saw him. Like never. Like so, they're like, Baldy, you got to go to play right tackle. You know, like okay, I'm, I'll play right tackle. So, um, you know, and then he's like, ah, oh, and he's there on Monday. He's like, oh man, I just, I just, I just lost it. You know, I just lost. You know. That guy showed up, you know, on Monday, missed the game. Oh, my wow. goodness. I mean, but I mean, there, was a, right. there was quite a few guys that were out of control. I mean, I, I met Doc Gooden at a celebrity golf yeah. classic at Presidio Golf Course, and I was just, he looked like Patrick Mahomes Sr., by the way. Looks just really? like Patrick Mahomes Sr. So I thought it was Patrick Mahomes Sr. I was like, really? Pat, man, what are you doing out here, man? Where's your black cabal? He goes, Pat, I'm not Pat, I'm Doc. I'm like, wait, Doc Gooden? And we started talking for like 10 minutes, and the whole time, Baldy, I'm trying to think, and she asked me, I'm thinking, this guy missed a championship parade. Because he was high out of his mind. Yeah. So, like, some guys just, they can perform at a high level, but what it does to you, man, and Alden Smith, we got tagged in the video yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Shasky, Alden Smith just came out on Instagram and said he was two years sober. He's gone through two years of sobriety. Good. And we're pulling for him. But you think about a guy like that, oh, yeah. man, all the talent in the world. Yep. And substance abuse can't every derail family. them. Everybody's yeah. got somebody in their family or someone or themselves. Everybody knows somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, so I, I want to get into Brock Purdy, though, for a second. Yes. Like, you do the Baldy breakdowns, and I love the Baldy breakdowns because it teaches me about football. Yeah. Didn't play at a high level like you. I don't know all the the route concepts yeah. and the blocking formations, yeah. etc. Like what I've learned is I've learned through Madden, and I've learned through playing video games and watching, and, and Troy Aikman and different people mm-hmm. teaching me. I've been watching a lot of these JT O'Sullivan quarterback school videos, and I don't know if you're. I know JT played in NFL Europe. Yeah, played with the Niners. Played with the Niners. You know, and so we like JT. I do yeah. too. And I look. It's not the end all be all. Like everyone has different opinions, yes. and and he goes, "This is how I interpret it. Interpret the the stuff that I've seen in formations and stuff." And he doesn't know what they're telling them on the whiteboard. But the way that I, every week I watch these videos and your videos, and it's the Brock Purdy, the anticipation, the pocket awareness, the footwork, uh, the ability to climb in the pocket, drop back in the pocket, change the arm angles, the accuracy with the ball placement so that guys can catch it and turn up field or or miss blockers. The layered throws, the decision on where to go with the ball. Like, I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, and I, I, I hear all these people, we wouldn't do this if he was here, and he wouldn't do this. And I know it would look a lot worse in different situations, but the fundamental ability to play quarterback, he's just got it. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just basically your average guy that's great at playing quarterback. That's what that's that's Brock Purdy, like you know he's a religious guy, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, he's just your regular guy. Mm-hmm. Looks like a regular guy. You shake his hand. You talk to him. But I was last time I saw him before the Tampa game, he was talking about an ice cream parlor in Ames, Iowa. <laughs> you know, like if you try to do that to Peyton or Drew Brees or Brady before a game, like somebody would chew your arm off. Yeah. Like you, you can't do that. Like they're locked in. Like this guy is so confident that honestly. I don't think anything could knock him off. Like, remember, like I was asking him about the throw. Remember the throw where he faked it to to Ayuk and then he hit Kittle down the stretch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Shanahan's like, he didn't even look. He already knew it was a touchdown. And, you know, he, he I forget which game that was. Jacksonville, right? Was it Jacksonville? Yeah. Down the sideline? Yeah. Right, yeah. right sideline? Yep, Jacksonville. Yeah, so exactly. So I think he was, um, I think he was faking Rayshon Jenkins. Maybe he was a safety on the play. But, like, he just did that to move the safety. But he didn't really have enough time because the pocket was closing in on him to be able to pull the ball back and then throw it to Kittle. But he did. And I thought that was like a Shanahan thing, like to really pump him and then go outside. like Because the route combination, kind of like this post-wheel thing yeah. that teams attacked that coverage with. But that was just him. 
that was him going. I can I can really get this safety to bite. Mm. That was all him. Well, you know he is, and I I see a lot of these elements of like him and CMC. So they do this option route thing. Now they do this. I, I'm getting real geeky here, but the guys, but you know, you're in shotgun, and McCaffrey's next to Brock, and then he, he starts, starts to shuffle out. Yeah, and it's this new thing that they're doing. Yeah, and at it's time, a new motion. It is, but at times, JTL Sullivan doesn't like it because it doesn't sync up downfield the way that he wants to with other route combinations. But he was saying that they were working all year right and left on the option route for CMC. But in this game in particular, you saw the big wheel route play that they hit with yeah. CMC. But he goes, they ran it four or five times and didn't throw to it until that one time that they did. And it just felt like something that they had been game planning for weeks leading up to this. It, it, did you see that same thing on film i didn't see four or five okay. uh, you know, option routes from christian in the game but i you know i didn't look for it either okay so i mean maybe jt just saw it because you know he knew that was coming but you know i'm not i'm not doubting you but I, you know like they got nick morrow out there in space you know honestly it's just a clear out it's like clear out for lebron let him go do his thing you know that's all it was you know it's basketball on grass in, in, in some ways and so these clear outs the way that they create space is you know it's kind of next level and it's uh you know it's i was i was talking to uh, mike white who's the backup quarterback in miami last oh, week yeah. about this and mike's a very smart guy he was a great baseball player mm-hmm. coming out draft to play baseball but you know he's a you know he's watching tua in the year that tua is having and so it's the first time he's been around mike mcdaniel so the what they do is and, and kyle is is is, is and, and sean mcveigh all these guys kind of think the same way they're like we're going to try this motion where you shift out like this. Yeah. Let's see how the defense reacts. Let's see how our defense reacts in practice. Let's throw it up on a board. Let's walk through it. Let's practice it. And let's see if we can get the reaction we want. And once we know of the reaction we're going to get, then we can counter off that action. Mm. And so you get the defense biting the way you want them to. And then it's almost like the, the play to Kittle last week for 33 yards that really got them going on the first drive. And they were like, okay, we know Hassan Reddick's out there, and he wants to do nothing but just feast on our quarterback. And he had a sack already up to that point. Yes. So, you know, they, they ran Kittle right at him. And Kittle just settled his feet like he was there to block Hassan Reddick. And Reddick's eyes just get big. Like, I got this tight end dragging across the formation to block me. And then we'll leak out. And we'll clear everybody else out. And we'll know that that side of the field is going to be wide open. There's not going to be anybody there. That's exactly what happened. But they, they were, like, messing with Hassan Reddick on the play. Yep. They did all game. And they had a lot of success here. I want to ask you this, because you've been in the media game for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the rhetoric around Brock Purdy, and I don't pay attention to the national naysayers because I, I, I honestly don't even care. Right. I feel like I watch the games. I value my opinion. Of I course. value his opinion. But there's a lot in there as well. We have to see him come back. Or we have to see him. Di- right. And I grew up in the 90s with the 90s where they are just blowing everybody out. Yeah. It was like, well, who cares about coming back when you're dropping 30 right. by halftime? You're right. dropping 20 by halftime. But well, who's, who's trying to right. put themselves in a 14-point Right, home? right. Who wants to come back and say, hey, mm, fourth quarter, let's see here. And then the whole thing about, where, you know, not only coming back, Back in a game, but he's a quote unquote system quarterback. Yeah, everybody's playing the system, Baldy. Yeah, that I man. That's just you know. Th- there's certain uh, cliches that just get tossed around. Well, why has it changed? Because it's changed over time, I, especially since the Twitter and social media era. Well, I mean, okay, so let's just look at the top quarterbacks in the league right now. Tua is at the top of the charts. Is he just a product of the system? Like, it, yes, it helps that you have Tyreek Hill, right? You know, and but. You know, he's he's playing quarterback. Like he's he's not getting hit this year because he's getting rid of the ball so quickly. But he's also seeing things 
so much quicker. Mm. So if you just go through the list of all of the guys, like is Lamar Jackson playing in the system? Like he's still running the ball, right? Like he's you know short passes, long runs. That's what Todd Munkin's doing. Like everybody's got an offensive philosophy. Um, but you know, I hear people saying, well, if you put uh, I don't know, if you put Mac Jones in this system, <laughs> right. he'd be successful. All right, I don't believe it. Why? Yeah. Why don't you believe that? Because I, I do hear that a lot, and it kind of drives me crazy. Because I don't think he sees the field like the way that Brock Purdy sees the field, right? And I don't think he can get from his second read to his third read the way Brock Purdy does. Like he's reading this stuff on his second step. You know what it reminds me of? And 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 you you step in and tell me if I'm right or wrong. But like I hate saying it. To, this guy's a Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest. Right. The way he sees the field reminds me a lot of how. Drew Brees processed the field, where it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like, he knew where everyone was on every play, and based off the initial one or two steps as he's dropping back, he's already like, oh, that's not there, that's not there, but I'm setting it up, and I'm going to go there. Like, that third down play to Kittle, he knew, boom, that's not there, I'm going to come all the way across, and I'm going to bang Kittle on a third and three. Yeah, he did, and but he also reset his feet the way Drew Brees would always reset his feet when he would come back to the other side. So he looked he looked one, yeah. and Ayuk is... He's face diving into the field. He tripped. You know, so he's looking to the right side. McCaffrey's doubled, and he comes all the way back over to the left. So, it, you know, there's certain IQ tests out there that test your spatial relations. Right. Huh. So they, they show you a picture, and then you're supposed to recreate what you saw in the picture. Hmm. You know, and you know how many how many red dots were in the picture, right? And you know, it's so it, it's there's ways to kind of test your spatial relations in regard to your IQ, and I just think like there's certain tests that I think some it, like IQ test isn't playing football, no, right. but there is things I think that you can measure in a player. In, in that regard, that could say he's better than this guy. Yeah. And now let's just see if it plays out. You know, I mean, there's always a control study. Like, let's give everybody this test. Let's see how they score. And let's just see if that carries over. So how does a guy like that fall to the last round and the last pick? Because this is like Brady goes to the sixth round, all these quarterbacks taking above him. And I remember Jim Druckenmiller and Gio Carmazzi and all these guys. I'm like, what is going on here? How does Brock Purdy fall to the seventh round in the last pick of the NFL draft? Yeah, well, I think uh, they're looking at all the wrong things. You know, because the college game is so much different than the pro game. It's a lot you know, Like, literally, everybody... So, at Iowa State, they've got a defensive uh, uh, coordinator named John Haycock. And he came up with this 3-3 defense. Because Iowa State just didn't have the, the manpower that right. Oklahoma had or the depth or... It's like that 3-3-5 that, that, that West Virginia used yes, to run yes, back in yes. the day. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he came up with this formula. Right. And literally, everybody copied it. Everybody plays it in the Big 12. Nobody lines up in a four-man right. front. Really? No. Everybody plays basically the same defense. In fact, I remember the year that Steve Spagnola was out of football. Like, he would come over. He was from Philadelphia. His wife lived in Philadelphia, and he was living there. So he had a house there. So he would come over to Emerald Films. Like, every Monday, he'd come up in the, in, into my room, whatever. And um, all we wanted to do was study college tape. Because he thought everything from college was going to come to the NFL. Mm -hmm. So he was studying that defense in large part. And so, you know, so, some people use a little package of that in the NFL. But it's not a, it's not a mainstay defense. But anyways, so you're, you're, you're at Iowa State, and you're playing. And, you know, uh, you're playing TCU. Well, they're playing the same defense. You know, Gary Patterson's playing the same defense. Matt Rule's playing the defense in yep. Baylor. So, like, you're, you're basically seeing kind of the same look every week. So, it's not the NFL. It's not going to get up against Kansas City. It's not going to Philadelphia right. with, with this. It's a different game. And so, you have to project. Almost every position you have to project. And it's just 
people just get caught up in these projections. And well, he's just he just throws bubble screens. He just uh, you know he doesn't have to go to a third progression. Right. You just you know you throw it to to uh, you know you spread them out and you throw it to this guy in space. Well, it's it's interesting you say that because like I'm over at the Pac-12 championship. I don't pretend to be the mm-hmm. college honk that some of these. I'm not Joel Klatt, but yeah. like you, you watch the game, Oregon versus Washington, yeah. and I could tell right away. Bo Nix does not see the field. Right. And and if you take away all the smoke screens and all that stuff, he really doesn't complete a lot of passes downfield. And so you have all these hollow yards and all these chunks. And I was listening to one of these podcasts and they were saying when you're evaluating these quarterbacks coming out of college, specifically Ohio State and why I think a lot of people missed on CJ Stroud is that they're they're all oh, all he does is the is the, the slants and screens. Well what the Texans did was they took away all the short yardage stuff mm-hmm. and just look at when he had to drop back. And yeah. that's what sold them on CJ Stroud. Well that and then, you know, uh, Ohio State, like almost like Alabama, like they have a reputation of not producing quarterbacks. Yep. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. so then you go, Okay, well he's got Marvin Harrison and he's got, you know, Chris Olave and he's got Garrett Wilson, he's just throwing to first round draft picks right. like that's you know anybody could complete mm-hmm. passes and so they're looking at the completion percentage and then he wasn't he didn't move and he didn't scramble outside of going up against george in the championship game so you know they're 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 just they don't really know how to evaluate they don't really know what they're looking at now Christian mccaffrey because mm-hmm. i we got to bring him up here. yeah because uh, brock purdy's playing excellent football but i could easily make the argument that Christian McCaffrey's the MVP in the NFL. He's that special. And I know quarterbacks are going to get the award. Brock mm-hmm. Purdy has the ball in his hands every mm-hmm. play. But Christian McCaffrey, when he got traded here, a lot of analysts, C-minus this and C-minus that. And this whole narrative that running backs don't matter. Mm. What, where did that come well, from, Baldy? Because running backs, in my opinion, do matter. They open up the game for everybody. Well, they they are less valued. They, they matter, right. especially the great ones. Like, Nick Chubb mattered, okay? Cleveland goes to Pittsburgh, and they win a playoff game. Nick Chubb mattered. He was the mm-hmm. best player on the team. They built the whole offense right. around him. The, where, where it gets lost a little bit is the value, because they all get hurt. Like, Christian McCaffrey got, you know, he had 400 touches, right. and then he started getting hurt. And I'm worried about him, right? He's got 261 touches. They've got eight games left to play if you play it out mm-hmm. in the number one seed. And you play the, you win the Super Bowl. He's got eight games. At 261 touches, he's getting 21 a game. So he's going to have over 400 touches. Mm-hmm. Well, he had 400 touches in Carolina. He didn't do too good the next year and the year after that. That's that's my concern now. But no, not wish any ill will on anybody. Right. But it's just it's the only person you go look it up in history because I've done all the research. The only player that hand that touched the ball 400 times year after year after year was LT. Wow, the only one. Is he the best? Who's the best running back of all time in your eyes? It's such a loaded question. I no, know. No, no, it's, it's it's hard. Like the LT, it's hard to be. Who's LT. prime? Are you taking over anyone? Well, LT. I remember one time when LT was playing. I think Marty Schottenheimer was the coach in San Diego. But there's preseason. You no, know, guys don't play in preseason now. But back then, guys played. So um, it's the first preseason game, and LT's at tailback. They get you know this is back when you get the ball in the twenty yard line, not the twenty five. So literally, the first play in a first preseason game, they pitch it to LT. And he goes 80 yards for a touchdown. Oh my and, you know, he did what LT did. He just dropped the ball on the ground, walked back. <laughs> and, that. and that was it. That was it, Bonte. Like, he didn't go yeah. into any other game. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> he, he's still LT. He's I'm still ready, ready to go. Like, it'd be hard. You know, he caught 100 passes in a game. Uh, you got Low Neal coming on. Yeah. Like, you know, Low Neal can kind of back me up on some of this stuff. Um, you know, he still has the record for 31 touchdowns in a season. I'm not sure that it's going to get broken. Maybe in the 17-game schedule. Maybe a guy like McCaffrey might be able to do it. But... You know, there's just a certain thing. But eight straight years in a row, he had, wow, like, if you combine incredible. carries and 
catches, receptions. receptions yep. He had over 400 touches. Now, if you go and you look in history, you, pick a guy, Sean Alexander, you know, Deuce McAllister. You look at all these they guys. They down. Not only you wear down, um, they they never approached yeah, they anything off. like that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it, it's interesting. Kyle Shanahan said this week that Christian McCaffrey is the greatest player he's ever seen without the ball yes. in his hand, um, and and so you can interpret that a lot of different ways. When I, again, I watch a lot of the film study and the breakdown. They line this guy up as a wide receiver, especially in the Eagle game, and he's running 15-yard ins. And JTL Sullivan's explained, like, you just don't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to have, like, a leak-out route mm-hmm. or Texas route or an option route. It's another thing to literally line your guy up, and he has to be honored by a cornerback and a safety on a deep end. Do you think he's one of the greatest players without the ball in his hand the way Kyle Shanahan does? Yeah, I do. I, because, uh, you know, when he does have the ball in his hands, he's, he's elite at everything that he does. You know, whether it's running through the line of scrimmage and strapping the ball to his, his chest. and But, you know, I think when you come to the receiving part of it, I, I just think receivers in general are lazy. Okay, because there's no reason why you shouldn't work every day at becoming Devontae Adams Mm. or Brandon Ayuk Mm. or Keenan Allen, like the great route runners. Why aren't you working on trying to beat that guy that's covering you? Mm. And I think too many guys just run down and, okay, it's a stop route. We'll go 15 yards. We'll come back. But, like, they're not doing enough to really win the route. There's some guys that are physically gifted. Right. Um, some guys have ankle flexion where they can change direction without losing speed. But I, everybody should become, work every day on becoming a better route runner. That's a good point. And, and you know, college, you know, they're running, you know, square ins and right. comebacks and like, not, there's not many guys that are really working on their craft. Right. They're just, you know, they're gifted. They have speed. They have, you know, um, acceleration. You have the, you know, good hands. But I just don't think receivers in general work hard enough at the craft. And McCaffrey does. Yeah. Going back to, I'm glad you're sticking on McCaffrey here because you brought up how he runs his routes, the 15 yard routes, 10 yard routes. Was Marshall Falk the first running back you could remember? Who did that in the slot? Because I remember when Kurt Warner, they lined him up in the slot. It was a game in the, in the Georgia home against the Falcons. He lines up in the slot. Madden Summerall's on a game. He runs a slant. Seven yards. Boom. Touchdown. 60 yards. Who's the first running back you could remember who's running routes like that in, at, at the wide receiver position? Mm, um, Marshall kind of changed the position. In fact, you know, when they, when the Patriots beat him in the Super Bowl in the Superdome. Yep. Um, the whole game plan was we're going to hit. We're going to hit Marshall every, every time, every yep. play. When Willie McGinnis, like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make sure, he, yeah, Tabaki at safety. We're not going to let him have a free release. We're just not going to let him do it. It was classic Belichick, and it really affected the way they played the game that day. You know, the Marshall Falk thing is so interesting because he starts off with the Colts. Mm-hmm. I know they ended up getting Adrian James, but, like, I don't think he would be viewed the same had he stayed with Peyton Manning, right? I mean, we... I don't know. I just I just look at that whole thing. That was like a perfect situation for him to to go into with the, with their players and Mike Martz and that system that they had going. He, I really fell to love Marshall Falk watching him two times a year against yep. the Niners and doing what he did. I mean, he was he was a special special. Well, player. I think there's you know there's just certain coaches that just are difference makers when it comes to offense or defense or whatever. Like, and Kyle's one of those guys, and Mike Martz was. I remember. Um, 
Who was I? I was doing a Sam. I was actually doing a San Francisco uh, Ram game, and uh, and Mart's. We had to, you know interview Mike and whatnot. And I remember he had his sweatshirt on. He had his like headphones on, and he he you know I, I invited myself into sitting there and watching film with him. And if there was a way that you could be a coach but be in the matrix. That was Mike Martz. Yep. Because these guys, they're like stock traders. Like They don't necessarily have to know what the product is, but they have to know the way things get traded. They're looking at numbers. Mm. And some of these guys, like stock traders in New York, you, you ever go down to Wall Street and you watch some of these guys, and they're just looking at these sell. Like they're just in cut. You know, like they're just looking at patterns. And they're just studying patterns. And then they're like, okay, what is the best way to attack this pattern? And that's kind of how these guys, that's how March was. How has Shanahan evolved over the years? Because I remember like a year and a half ago, you were like, I don't know, man. The offense get a little stagnant. And clearly they've upgraded personnel. So I'm sure that that factors in. Like, is it a byproduct of Purdy? Is it Kyle evolving? Has, has the playbook evolved a lot? Well, I mean, I think, um, I think there's new plays that get written on a whiteboard every day about, you know, who we're playing up against playing Seattle this week. Okay, we saw them three weeks ago. All right, this is, you know, this is Devin Witherspoon in the slot. Let's, like, okay, he is, like, he, he bites on this fake. I mean, I think there's just ways that you look at defenses and you look at personnel and you look at what's available and you go, let's try this. Let's put this one in. Let's, it's like Bill Walsh school of offensive philosophy. There is no, the playbook never is finite. Mm. It's always expanding. I love that. Love that. And it's always expanding when you have a guy like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George <laughs> oh Kittle. And you mentioned earlier this week when you joined us on Tuesday that Debo could play in any era. And mm -hmm. I agree with that. But a mold like Debo Samuel reminds me of like a Percy Harvin, right? Play running back, play wide receiver coming out of Florida. He's in Minnesota. But Debo stays on the field for the most part. He's had his injury issues, but when he's on that field, he's physical. So that mode of a Debo Samuel, I don't care if he's a wide back receiver. The guy's just a playmaker who can play in any era of football. I think so. Um, you know, you play in um, black and white TV era. You know, like I'm, I just think, uh, like I've said this to you before, Bonte, like that guy is, um, he just gives this team a level of toughness. And not that. Elijah Mitchell or Brent and I, they're all tough. But like this guy's mentality, everybody in Levi Stadium, when he touches the ball, they're like, is he going to go? Like, he just, because he might just run right through somebody. Right. He might just run him over. Like, I mean, his level of like physical toughness, because from the waist down, he is a running back. Um, I, I hope he doesn't have to carry it all that much. It is exciting when he does have to, but like running backs just don't have the shelf life that receivers do. When did you first see him play football? Debo? Uh, at South Carolina. You know, I remember just, you know, I don't remember who the coach was at the time, but I don't, I don't, I think Spurrier was gone, so I don't know who was there. Must but camp, I just I think, uh, maybe, who, who? maybe, 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 maybe Will, maybe, but I, I don't really remember who was there. That's coach. a name I haven't heard. He's at the Georgia staff. I remember we like went back to the NFL network. We would always get these guys that were coming through the network, and we used to call it the car wash. Right. They would be in town, you know, they'd do this sit down, they would do this, you know, this show on Path to the Draft, they would do total access. They, you know, they'd come in and they'd do like four shows, they'd do right. pull them out. So I remember me and Colin. Wolf were um, we were doing path to the draft. Uh, maybe Daniel Jeremiah was there. So, anyways, we we heard Debo was in that day. So we were all excited, you know. So, um, like I'm trying, like I, I think I might even be doing a, a film study with Debo. I forget his mom was there. I'll never forget. <laughs> like he came with his mom, and so um, 
Like, I'm talking to him about, uh, you know, what position are you a slot or you're wide receiver? Like, I'm just, like, throwing stuff out. I don't know the guys. I'm just trying to get to know him. So I'm getting nowhere. I'm getting nowhere with Debo talking football. He's very short. So, like, he's short, and, like, literally I'm building no camaraderie with him. Right. And Colleen Wolf, like, she's she's so good. She says, um, so she kind of sees where this thing is going. It's not going great. She says, I hear that you have a shoe collection that rivals like 500 pairs of shoes. And he lit up. And he started talking about a shoe collection. <laughs> and oh, like, he, he, like we won him over. Like, and I'm thinking, like, is this going to be a great football player? He's like more interested in shoes than, right. than running routes. <laughs> oh, no, he, he wants to take people's souls. Right. And wear, <laughs> and wear nice shoes. Yeah. Hey, Bart, yes. could you pull off that leather fit that he had on last week? I don't know if you can pull it off, Bart. I've seen you no. walking into downtown streets of San Francisco yes. with some white jeans on. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, white jeans and what Debo had on. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but like, you know, Debo's talking junk all week. Right. And like, he's there to like put the ball in my hands. I'll show you. Who's more hated in Philadelphia? Me and Bonte? Or Debo Samuel? No, oh, Debo. He's doing it on the field. Yeah, no doubt. Like, they're going to play, they're gonna play, gonna play clips of guys, you know. They hate us, huh? Yeah, me. that's fine. You know, but, but that's like, I mean, honestly, that's what makes football so good is are the fans and the people that are talking about it. And you got to create these rivalries. You got to, like, you know, like, we're always better when we have an enemy. No of course. Doubt. We're no always doubt. better. And the NFL is better when we have that rival, right? Yeah, totally. It's always better when you have a rivalry. I mean, whether it was, you know, Peyton against Brady in Indianapolis and, you know, and the Patriots all those years. But you're just better when you have, a, like, an enemy. So and you now- look at that enemy. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.